0: Well, it's, uh, it's really special to be with you guys here tonight, because it hasn't been the easiest year, has it? You know, as a young adult community, we're excited for Pastor Carl and God's call to him into a new venture, but we'd be dishonest with ourselves if we say that it didn't affect us. Of course it has. And then thinking through, who could have predicted a global pandemic that would shut the church's doors? I remember that first week, uh, turning to Pastor Paul, he was the previous senior pastor here for over 40 years, and I asked him if they ever had to miss a Sunday service, and he said, it never happened. And nobody's been frothing over Zoom. It's, uh, it's not the same. I know many of you have felt the, the, the drainage and the of isolation and disruption, much has changed. Well, here we are, the start of something new, a new season. We're not back to normal. I don't think we will, nor should we want to return to normal. I want to invite you to ask what God has in store for us moving into this new season. So I want to open tonight with two questions. Why have you come here? And what do you want? Let me tell you what I want, or what I want to want. I want to see a movement of God in our time. Call it renewal, call it revival. I want to see every one of you deeply in love with Jesus, having a deep sense of security in Him. I want to see your friends saved. I want to see this building full, packed, I want to see our community transformed by grace and love and power of the gospel. You know, we, we know God has done it before. This building is testament to how God moved a congregation from Prospect to literally paddocks and sheds here in Oakton to become what is now a thriving school and ministry. i looking forward to its fourth church Plant. I want to say, God, do it again. Do it again here, this generation right here. Us, a movement of God in our time. You know, we can't manipulate this, and I know that we can't uh, manufacture God into moving. I can't look at my calendar and kind of schedule the time when renewal will happen. But what we're going to look at tonight, what we can do is posture ourselves in such a way that we align ourselves with God's patterns for renewal. I want you to picture with me. Come with me. We're sitting at my dinner table and I'm trying to feed my son, Ned. He's just approaching two. And he's resisting. He's resisting being fed his dinner. He's got a toy, either like a car toy in his mouth and so I can't get any food into him, or maybe he's turned aside, he's looking out the window and he's, uh, he's caught his eye on a bird or something and he, I just, I can't get his attention. I can't feed him. Our posture matters to receiving. The way we posture ourselves matters to receiving. And that's it. That's the question I want to ask as we step into this season. How can we posture ourselves to receive from God? To align ourselves with his pattern of renewal? And also we're going to be asking, what might the blockages be? What toy car might be in our mouth that's preventing us from receiving the food from the Lord? Preventing us from encountering Him? Well, tonight as we open Habakkuk again, I want us to learn the lessons of preparing for renewal. You know, Habakkuk looked around at his people and he he grieved over the wickedness and unfaithfulness. And he sought the Lord. How long? How long? How long, Lord, he was hungry to bring about change, that God would bring his renewal. Perhaps the key verse of uh, this season, uh, this series, Habakkuk 3 verse 2, I want to read it together. Lord, I have heard of your fame. I stand in awe of your deeds. Lord, repeat them in our day. In our time, make them known. In wrath, remember mercy. Repeat them in our day. As Habakkuk looked around at Israel's complacency and the impending domination of the wicked Babylon nation, we're going to look at how he positioned himself. Habakkuk models for us how we might position ourselves for a move from God. So I want to just lay, outline for you up front the five postures that I see. Uh, number one... Habakkuk's holy frustration or or holy discontent over the injustice and the faithlessness of Israel. As we saw from Vanith and and from Pastor Vincent, how Habakkuk uh, was in anguish over his suffering. But he took that anguish and he took what he knew about God, his faith, and he aligned it together, this holy frustration and calling out to God. Number two, expectant listening. And number three, humble repentance. This, this place of humility is what we're going to be exploring tonight. And then next week, passionate pleas to God. Apologies for the spelling mistake there. Passionate pleas. Um, passionate pleas to God to repeat his deeds in our time. And we're going to look at this next week. And then uh, joy-filled surrender. Uh, Josh Hops will be taking us through in a, in a couple of weeks. Really excited to... Uh, sit under God's word with our brother, rejoicing in the sovereign hand of God. These are the five postures I see. And I really believe God wants to speak to this community here tonight. And I wonder if you've come expectant to hear from the Lord and to respond to Him. I've been praying that God will lead us, lead me me to this place of humility and repentance before Him, This, this posture that God will expose in us the things that, hindering us from receiving from him and take us to this place of expectancy expectant wait, as we look to him so i invite you to have your bibles open have your phones on the app habakkuk chapter two and let me pray as we invite god to speak tonight so would you bow your heads and let's pray Lord God, we just worship you right now and praise you that you are sovereign over all time and events and that uh, the coronavirus wasn't um, a mystery to you, Lord. You know and you are sovereign. Lord, we give you thanks that you have appointed this time that we can be together. Lord, I thank you for this community. I thank you for the faithfulness of your body. Lord, I thank you for every person here and and those who are tuning in. I just give you great thanks, Lord, that you would redeem us, that you would forgive us, that you would bind us together. Lord, for those uh, here or tuning in that maybe don't know you, Lord, or haven't encountered you, I pray that tonight they would meet you and that through the truth of the gospel, find hope, find redemption, salvation. Lord, as we look to a new season as we look to what's new, Lord, come, give us a vision. and Give us a hunger for your kingdom and for your will and for, for your will to be done here. So Lord, speak to us. Holy Spirit, leave us not unchanged tonight, but lead us in your will for the glory of God, our Lord Jesus Christ, in whose name we call out and we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey guys, when was the last time that you clean the gutters. One of those things I didn't really take notice of until I I was responsible for my own house. Uh, So the other day I got up on the roof and I realized that my drains were thickly blocked with what seemed like a few years of debris. In fact, the, uh, the grass was growing in the dirt and the filth that had piled up there. One thing that causes blockages to God moving amongst us, a blockage, To God moving is when we shut our ears to God. We're very good at talking and doing. We're we're very good at talking and doing and talking and doing for the sake of simply talking and doing. We're very good at being the Christian and talking the talk. We're not so good at watching and waiting, listening, listening to God. And listening to God in such a way that we expect to hear from Him. When was the last time you prayed? And when you did pray, what did you expect God to answer? Did you expect God to answer your prayer? Let's take a look at Habakkuk as he moved from his honest questions, his, his, his anguish and his crying out, his complaint. And he moves to expectant listening. Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 1. I will stand at my watch. And station myself on the ramparts. I will look to see what he will say to me and what answer I am to give to this complaint. Picture with me Habakkuk rising from his knees, wiping the sweat and the tears from his face from hours in prayer with God. He leaves his room, he silently walks over to the watchtower, he climbs the stairs to the top, he looks out over Jerusalem and across the countryside. He opens his ears and he waits. He waits and he listens, expecting an answer from God. What amazing faith this prophet has! For all his complaint and anguish, he knows that there is nowhere else to turn but God. Nothing else will give him the answer that he needs, only God. And he believes God will speak. Waiting and listening for God. The Bible is full of faithful men and women who not only prayed and sought the Lord, but also waited for Him, listening for His voice. Expectant listening. Expectant listening is a posture we need to adopt if we can expect God to speak to us. What does this expectant listening look like? I want to give you three things. Firstly, it takes time. Habakkuk stationed himself. He packed a lunch. Listening would require time and attentiveness. As we consider what it is God wants for us, as we ask Him to lead us, as we call out to Him to move amongst us, are we going to take the time to stop and listen? To stop and listen. Secondly, expectant listening calls for quietness to be still before the Lord, to stop the chatter and the distractions. In order, uh, it was likely Habakkuk was alone on his watch and he needed it to be this way in order to focus his attention, to hear from God. I want to share with you a moment in the book of uh, Genesis where Jacob is fleeing his brother Esau and he stops to rest and he lays his head on a rock. In, in his sleep, As he's sleeping, God appears to him in in this amazing dream with this powerful vision of angels and this ladder between heaven and earth and an assurance of God's covenant blessing, his promises to bless the nation that would come from Jacob. And we read this in chapter 28, verse 16. When Jacob awoke from his sleep, he thought, surely the Lord is in this place and I was not aware of it. Surely the Lord was in this place and I was not aware. Aware of it. So we need to ask, where might God be present and speaking? And we are simply unaware because we haven't stopped long enough to listen. To ask God, what are you doing here? To watch, to be quiet. An expectant listening requires perseverance. The Lord answers Habakkuk, and he says this in verse 2. He says, Write down the revelation and make it plain on tablets so that a herald may run with it. For the revelation awaits an appointed time. It speaks of the end and will not prove false. Though it linger, wait for it. It will certainly come and will not delay. See, God has an appointed time when He will speak and when He will act. When He needs to speak to us, He will. And so in faith that God will speak, we persevere in our waiting. It may take me weeks. It might take a month. it might take a year. It might take 10 years. And not many people know that before accepting the call to come and be the youth pastor here at CityReach, I'd actually enrolled for a ministry apprenticeship with another school under a chaplain. I told Timon this, but he recommended I at least consider. Uh, The next day, not knowing, so did uh, Pastor Lawson a a day later. And then after that, Jeremy as well encouraged me to consider. Meg and I prayed. We prayed earnestly and just felt for a few weeks total silence from God. I had no clarity which way to go. And at this point of uh, silence and listening, I remembered that a few months before this, I'd received an email totally out of the blue from one of my past church elders. I remember reading this in this season. The email started with this uh, It is rather late, 11 p.m. here, I know. But as I was praying in bed tonight, I felt the Holy Spirit tell me to get up and write to you. I hadn't spoken to this man for a couple of years, you know, our circles didn't cross. So my ears certainly perked up. After some encouragements and some reminders of Scripture, he said this, and this is what I want to uh, share with you. He said, I don't know the details, but I believe that God is telling me that in general terms, there's a part of you that is currently unsure or uncertain of the direction that you should be taking with ministry. I believe that God is telling you to stand firm in Him. Keep walking in Him, and He will bring you into the ministry He has for you, even though at present it feels like that sense of obvious hasn't occurred. You know, I wanted that obvious so bad. And so to look and read this just actually kind of annoyed me because I was like, can't you just speak and give me the answer? But uh, I felt it took me a few more weeks of wrestle from this point to come to this place of security that this was what God was leading us into. But I felt God had clearly spoken to Meg and I after waiting, not with the obvious answer that I wanted, but the call to faithfulness and the call to seek his kingdom. And it was what I needed to hear. And tonight I want to call us as a community to this place of expectant listening. To carve out that time in our day, carve out that time in our prayers to be quiet before God. Might be as you're driving to decide to turn the radio off and to pray and to listen, to be quiet, to listen. To do so in faith, faith that God is faithful to his promises. To not give up in our In our crying out to God to not give up but to persevere. And sometimes our perseverance means to wait and watch and listen. And it's going to be easy for us and too many times I'm not proud to admit that we rely and I rely on my own strength to do God's work before actually seeking Him. How quickly that we rely on conventional Our wisdom or patterns of the world rather than earnestly and expectantly seeking God to lead us. This was the big theme of the 1 Corinthians series that we looked at. The Spirit's power, the wisdom of the cross and not of the world. We need to have ears to hear. We must believe that God can do immeasurably more than what we can ask or imagine. You know, Habakkuk stood and he waited on what he knew was his covenant promises of God. That's what a prophet was. It was a covenant enforcer to the people. He knew the promises of God. In the same way, we need to know deeply the promises of God and come to him. Let's have the courage to stop and listen and follow Christ rather than just coast into this post-COVID season with no thought of what God wants to do with us. Let's be a people that are expectantly listening to God. If we can expect God to move here, a movement of God in our time, we need to have our eyes and our ears open. For Habakkuk, God was pleased to answer him. We're going to move into this next part where we, uh, God answers his waiting with a staggering window into God's judgment upon the wickedness and the injustice and the violence. Remember how I told you how hard it is to feed Ned at the dinner table. It's often because he loves to play with his toys or look at the window more than he loves his food. And this is really hard as a parent because you can't bribe him into doing things with a, with a temptation of food. He would rather play or do something else. It may be that we block ourselves from receiving from God because we love our sin more than we love God. We'd rather fill ourselves rather than be filled with God. Renewal will be stifled. Like a wet blanket thrown over when we are formed and we are swept up by the world around us and we compromise and we love this world rather than God. When we compromise like Israel had to the nations around them. I want to read to you this quote from Mark Sayers that uh, helpfully articulates some of um, what this compromise looks like in our context. And uh, Mark Sayers writes this, The average Westerner is a radical individualist who is deeply afraid of compromising their autonomy, their their self-rule. He or she determines their self-worth and identity primarily horizontally via the media, culture, or peers. In other words, we we measure our wealth by what we see around us rather than what God says who we are. We are shaped by the passive-aggressive tone of consumerism where we want maximum say with minimum responsibility, We are shaped primarily by our fluid and ever-shifting feelings. We yearn for community and connection, yet fear, commitment and consistency. We wish for justice while desiring hedonistic or the pursuit of pleasure payoffs. We religiously point the finger at others while jealously guarding our own right to do as we please. All these factors place us in a spiritually precarious place in place of blockage. As Sayers is writing generally about society, but as that becomes true of us, the church, as we exhibit no differences to the culture around us, what we're doing is we're perching ourselves on that same precarious place. Where we stifle, stifle renewal. And so the third posture to align ourselves to receive from God must be humble repentance before him especially in view of his holy and righteous judgment that we're going to look at. We need to be shaken out of our complacency, out of our consumerism, out of entitlement. You know, it's uncomfortable to talk about God's judgment. But as we read Habakkuk, God's answer to Habakkuk's cry and to every heart is that there will be a final correcting of all the injustice and the wickedness of the world including us. So verse 4, have a look down in your Bibles. God says to Habakkuk, see. In other words, look here. Here is the vision. And what he sees is a sight, a terrifying sight of God's judgment upon wickedness. God tells Habakkuk what it is that angers him. I'm going to walk through quickly five things that are highlighted that God's judgment comes upon. God firstly brings judgment upon arrogance. Verse 4, see, the enemy is puffed up. His desires are not upright. verse 5, Indeed, wine portrays him. He is arrogant and never at rest. We're all guilty of thinking of ourselves more highly than we ought to. Secondly, God condemns greed. He describes the enemy as greedy as the grave and like death is never satisfied. So too, we need to check our checkbooks. Do they show a place of satisfaction or insatiable hunger for more? more stuff thirdly extortion Uh, verse 6 woe to him who piles up stolen goods and makes himself wealthy by extortion extorting others for financial gain and and verse 15 a similar theme we get this awful picture of sexual abuse and extortion verse 15 woe to him who gives drink to his neighbors pouring it from the wineskin till they are drunk so that he can gaze on their naked bodies Essentially, getting someone drunk so that they can sleep with them, extorting them, taking advantage of. When we reduce precious humans made in God's image into objects of our lust and playthings in our mind, we're not extorting them and their identities, their souls, for our pleasure. Verse 8, God's justice comes upon murder. Verse 8, for you have shed human blood. You have destroyed lands and cities and everyone in them. And he repeats this same in verse seventeen. For you have shed human blood. You have destroyed lands and cities and everyone in them. Just want you to hear the the cry of God and the the anger and the the righteous anger towards uh, towards murder and to the destruction of his creation. Verses 18 and 19, God brings justice finally upon those who make idols and worship them. Verse 18, of what value is an idol carved by craftsmen or an image that teaches lies for the one who makes it trust in his own creation? He makes idols that cannot speak. Woe to him who says to wood, come to life, or to lifeless stone, wake up. Can it give guidance? It is covered with gold and silver. There is no breath in it. This woeful, sad picture of idolatry where we cheat on God, robbing Him of worship due to Him by treasuring other things and expecting other things to give us life, giving them our worship, trinkets in comparison to the glory of God. God's justice will be certain. And he makes it very clear how he feels about sin and about wickedness. And he assures Habakkuk of his absolute judgment upon creation. Turn back to verse 13. Has not the Lord Almighty determined that the people's labor is only fuel for the fire? That the nations exhaust themselves for nothing? His chilling words, verse 14, For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. God will restore his rightful place in creation. As we look at the evil, the injustice, the suffering and the wickedness of this world, there will come a time where God will bring his his justice, his judgment. It will be made right. Every heart will stand before God and give an account. And no one, the scriptures say, will stand righteous on their own two feet. And for those who oppose in verse 16, you will be filled with shame instead of glory. Now it is your turn. Drink and let your nakedness be exposed. The cup from the Lord's right hand is coming around to you. And disgrace will cover your glory. The cup of the Lord, the cup of God's wrath. In light of God's judgment and His holiness, we need, we must come to this place where we assess our own attitude and our complacency towards sin. Can you see how serious God feels about this? Have we become arrogant, thinking of ourselves better than others? Are we hoarding our resources and partaking in the never-ending pursuit of consumerism with no thought to the poor that are suffering? Are we complicit in the extortion of men and women through a sexualization of the media? Or are we leading people on in a relationship for what we can get out of it? Are our hearts filling up with hate and spite towards others? Are we devoting our lives to worshipping things rather than Creator. Habakkuk receives this vision of the Lord, this sight of God's judgment that is coming. And then God finishes this vision with these words. Verse 20, he says, The Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth be silent before him. We have no excuse. We have no defense. No leg to stand on. Be silent. Silent before a righteous and powerful and holy and perfect and just God. This posture, our posture to receive from God, must come from a place of humble repentance. We block ourselves when we are complicit with Babylon and arrogant and complacent over our sin. And so rather as we come into this new season out of isolation, we need to be honest with ourselves. And I need to be honest with myself. Where have I let sin take hold and creep in? As we prepare ourselves for this new season that God is stepping us into, Let us do so out of a place of humility and repentance. We're not worthy to receive from the Lord. What hope is there that God will accept us? What hope is there that our positioning of ourselves gives us any guarantee that he will move? We'll come back with me to verse 4. I missed uh, this that is so crucial to this passage. Verse 4. See, the enemy is puffed up. His desires are not upright. But the righteous person, the righteous person, the person who is right with God, will live by his faith. You see, we were never in a place, never in a place where we could measure up or achieve righteousness by our own works. And God knew this. God, in His justice and in His love, We need to intervene on our behalf. And this is exactly what we see in Jesus. This very gospel that we believe in, that Jesus died for our sins on the cross. He drank the cup. If you look at the cup of verse 16, the the wrath of God in the garden, Jesus said, Lord, take this cup from me. He didn't want it. It was the wrath of God. But he said, not my will, but yours be done. And so in obedience to the Father, in submission, there was no other way. Jesus would drink down to its dregs the judgment, the wrath of God, instead of us. In our place, that by faith in his work, our faith in his righteousness, we might be justified and made right with God. This is the gospel. So we read from Paul in, verse one, in chapter 1 of Romans, from verse 16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God that brings salvation. Salvation, what from? The wrath of God, the judgment that we deserve, that brings salvation, newness, newness of life and an eternal inheritance in heaven. It says, salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last, just as it is written. And he takes this from Habakkuk, what we've been reading. The righteous will live by faith. This is our confidence. This is our security. This is our hope that God accepts our repentance and our faith. God is faithful and he is just to draw us in to adopt us as his children. See, that was our position under the judgment of God. No one could stand. In our sin and in our rebellion, even in the past few months, it is only our faith in Christ that gives us acceptance before God. And that is totally, totally sufficient. So as we posture ourselves in humble repentance, grieving over our sin, we're not left in despair. We have absolute confidence. This is so important, guys. The enemy is going to want to come and uh, cast doubt. But the work of Christ, the cross, Jesus said, it is finished. It is sufficient. You are accepted. You are loved. And it's going to be such a temptation to come out. And I know that it's been hard sitting on the couch with hours of Netflix we uni, we can't go to uni where we've been isolated and temptation and sin has crept in. It's going to be so easy for us to despair and think that we don't measure up and that we are not worthy for God to come and move here. Can you see that we were never worthy in the, in the first place? It's our faith in the work of Christ that he accepts us. So whatever sin or guilt that you're feeling, whatever failure or brokenness or hurt, come to God. Know that He accepts you. Draw near to God with confidence. So lift up your eyes from yourself. Lift your eyes away from your self-doubt and from your self-condemnation. Let's look to Jesus and let's get hungry for Him to move here. It's not based upon how worthy we are. Rather, we come in humility. We come in awe of a sovereign God. But we also come with boldness because the work of Christ, that the righteous live by faith. So let me ask you again, why are you here? And what do you want? You know, I'm tired of just doing church, tired of cold and lifeless Christianity. Instead, I want to be, and I'm calling you to be, Let's be a people who hunger for Him to move here. Who, who posture ourselves expectantly waiting for God to answer us. Let's humble ourselves in repentance, being honest, honest to God with our complacency and sin. In faith, let's call out to Jesus to transform us into the community that He wants us to be. That renewal will happen in each Of our hearts. That renewal will come to this community, to this church, and this renewal that starts here, starts with you, will go viral, will spread in this community to the glory of God. You know, it's a new season, we're a new generation. Will we do it? Will we clean up the blockages? Will we cry out and posture ourselves in faith that God will come and move here? I'm going to invite the band up and we're going to close in a minute um, uh, with an item. And there's going to be an opportunity to respond and and to reflect as the band ministers to us. But I want to invite you either in your heart or if you feel comfortable where you are just uh, kneeling, if God is prompting you to respond to his word tonight, and if, like me, you want God to move, and you want to be in that place of expectant faith, to come to this place of just kneeling, perhaps you need to lay down your idols, your sins. You know that this complacency has crept in. And you know that your sins are preventing you from experiencing intimacy with Jesus. Come in faith knowing that He is good and gracious to forgive you. In light of His holiness and His justice, maybe you need to come to that place of just silence before Him, in awe of a God who is holy. And come before Him, posturing ourselves in repentance. And I want to invite you to kneel as a physical posture of surrender and faith. And if you feel comfortable, just wherever you are, behind the pews. And as we close with this item, let's use this time to reflect. Let's be honest to God that, you know, what do we want? And I want to want God to come and move here. To give us victory over our sin. To come and give us strength and uh, the words to say that our friends would hear the gospel and be saved. That God would move this place of expectancy, this place of listening. So I invite you now to kneel, and I'm going to pray. And uh, we're not going to sing this song, but we're going to spend it to reflect. And I invite you to listen. But also, if someone around you is kneeling, to um, while being respectful of distance, uh, to pray for them too, and to pray for one another. So let's pray. Let's pray. Lord God, we just come before you now in, in surrender. God, you are a holy, majestic, and righteous God, and we just give you praise. You are the creator of the universe, you are the sovereign Lord. You are good, and we just are in awe of your majesty, and we just want to be silent before you. Father, give us faith. Give us expectancy like Habakkuk. Give us perseverance, Lord. Give us open ears to hear. Lord, we just also want to lay down our sinfulness. Lord, we confess that there's places in our life where we've become complacent. Lord, we've just abused the grace that you've shown to us. I'm also mindful of those who perhaps are listening and haven't encountered you Jesus who haven't come to faith haven't trusted in you for their righteousness and Lord if you if you will I pray that you would convict them of their sin but Lord move them to this place of faith that you accept us by the work of Jesus so Lord would you just come and move in salvation but each of us, Lord, we just pray. We, we put our faith in your cross, we, not in our own righteousness. And we just call upon you, Lord, to, to move here, move amongst us, move in this community. Grow us, Lord, help us to live and to be the people that you have called us to be. So we pray, Lord, move in us again. Do it again, Lord, we pray. Repeat in our day. We've, we just stand in awe of you, Lord, and we want to posture ourselves, Lord honor and worship you lord would you be our vision be the lord of our hearts we pray this in jesus name i'm just going to continue in an attitude of a prayer and and surrender and um and if you want to sing where you are seated by all means and let's let's respond in faith